computer. What do you... Got it. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Whiskey Shaman Podcast. We have a special guest today. We have Jerm from Freedom Malts. He is. Uh, we're going to talk about some American single malt today, and we're going to get into that. Um, so, yeah, let me introduce Jerm, and he can uh, Jerm, if you don't mind, give everybody your your socials and where they can find you. Uh, well, yeah, you hit it right on the head, Jerm at Freedom Malts. Um, YouTube, you can find me at Freedom Malts. Um, also on Instagram, same same handle on Instagram. Um, I don't have any other socials at this point in time. So I don't do a lot on Instagram just because, you know, it's one of those one of those things where it's a learning curve. I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit older. So <laughs> figuring out all that technology is definitely a little bit difficult sometimes, but uh, trying to stay with it and, and get with the times and, and do some stuff. So hopefully, uh, hopefully do a little bit more on there sooner yeah. than later. Yeah. And, Inst- uh, Insta- Instagram is a hard one to 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 get into. It's a. You know, it's you almost have to post something every day uh, before, you know, before it even starts to take take away. But um, since we're getting started, we're both uh, I could get the striker, I guess uh, we're both uh, going to get some Andalusia in us. And because that's why we're here. We're here to talk about whiskey and why not pick a pick a good American single malt to get started with. Um, what was I going to ask? Crap. Um so, so you you mainly um, review and talk about uh, single malts or American single malts mainly, or uh, yeah, uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, so, obviously, my whole thing is I like the passion and the drive of smaller craft distilleries. It's just I, I love that aspect of the whiskey business. Um, American single malts to me definitely is one of the coolest things out there right now reasons being nobody watching this was alive when the ttb decided to make the other american whiskey an actual category right so bourbon nobody watching this was alive when bourbon was made right right so we get to witness this happening right now um yeah they're being a little slow about it it's taking a little bit longer than i think it should but it's the government. They don't work fast, right? No, no, they don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, American single malt, it's, uh, you know, single malt as a whole, as a whole category has been huge throughout the world and growing rapidly through every country out there that you can think of. I mean, shoot, South Africa's even got a single malt. Yeah. I mean, how weird is that, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, I mean, here in America, obviously bourbon has been our thing. That's the that's the quintessential American spirit. Man, this American single malt stuff is oof, it's it's climbing the ranks real fast. And we are, as a country, making some fantastic whiskeys in that category. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And and the the funny thing is, like, you know, being being in Texas, Texas whiskey, not just American single malt, but Texas whiskey in itself is. 12 15 years old that's that's about it um there was some moonshiners and stuff back in the day that were doing some stuff but it really started with like tito's vodka uh you know they kind of put texas on the map for distilled spirits in general um and that was like 18 years ago and then everybody's like oh well we can make a whiskey and so there's some you know and so to think that the american single malt is not that much older than that, you know. I mean, I don't know exactly what the what the, who was the first to make uh, a single malt in in America. I'm sure you would probably know more about that than I would. But like, it's it's so fun to see, and they're doing so many cool things. Like like with Andalusia, they're 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 peating, you know, using Irish peat to peat their whiskey. They're doing all sorts of crazy bottling things. You know, it's it's just amazing to see um, these mainly craft distilleries putting out some amazing products you bet um yeah i mean it's it's, as far as the first american single malt out there uh the nod's got to go to mccarthy's over at uh, clear creek um you know they they put their first whiskey in a barrel in 1992 oh wow okay so, I mean, we're talking quite a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, not too many people 
uh, followed suit until we start getting into the 2000, 2003 range, mm-hmm. 2002, 2003 range with Stranahan's and a couple others that, that came on board around then. Um, St. George Spirits out of Colorado, or, uh, uh, California. Also one of the first, I mean, if you're going to talk about the OGs of American single malt, St. George and Clear Creek are, mm-hmm. are the, are the lead leads there. Um, St. George's first whiskey went into the barrel in 1997. So. Wow. Definitely been around for a while and the mad push to make this a category started probably in about 2016. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was exactly 2016 um, when the American single malt whiskey commission was founded. Right. So. And I know that Jared uh, over at Balcones is one of the driving people on that on the board or whatever over there and uh, you know and he what's what's funny if you don't know the backstory of balcones we can get into that on on another episode but he was the one that was like trying to push this especially in texas this single malt thing and everybody's like no you need to do bourbon you need to do you know a a rye you need to do all this and he's like we will we will we just got to perfect this single malt and the thing that they were doing is they were putting the single malt in new oak and it was like, it was totally changing the flavor profile of it. And then they started yeah. doing, you know, releasing things and used oak. And then they, you know, they, they do all those special finishes now, which is, which is, they're all amazing. Um, but, the, and they were not afraid to put some stuff out at cast strength or higher than cast strength. You know, sometimes they're right. hazmat, you know, and so it's, it's just really cool to see people this um, driven in in a community you know the whiskey community the american single malt community and then and then you get people like um westland and and uh you know all all those others that are out there i i mean i'm of course i'm losing my mind on them right now but um yeah and then and then as you as you look behind germ here we have you know uh lost lantern and and all of them that are doing independent bottling of these single malts and it's just it's crazy to see how in in a short amount of time it has just grown and turned into this uh juggernaut in the in the game right now right um and you know you brought up balcones i mean the american single malt is getting some recognition throughout the world a balcones has has won a malt whiskey award in scotland i mean did that ruffle some feathers over there i bet you i'm sure i'm sure but I mean, and then I mean, to the point where one of the world's leading Scotch conglomerate companies decided that Balcones was something that they wanted to have under their umbrella as well, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, Remy uh, Remy Cointreau also they're they're in the game as well with American Single Ball. Mm-hmm. They have uh, they have Westland. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, it's it's definitely becoming recognizable around the world, and it it needs to be a little bit more recognized in the states here. I think. I I, I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love I love bourbon. I think it has its place. It's obviously America's America's whiskey, and it's our it's our own thing. Whereas like single malt, you know, started not in America. So I, I right. get why why people want to latch on to bourbon so much, but bourbon has so many strict guidelines that you have to follow that it makes it kind of um it it, it binds your hand so much whereas if you know if we could just put that in a used barrel for one you know everybody's talking about this barrel shortage um you know if if we could just put it in a used barrel it totally changes the flavor profile i've had some bourbon bourbon mash bill whiskeys that are in a, a used oak and they are amazing i mean they're just some good stuff but um we don't get to do that because you know bourbon has to be in a new new barrel so the 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 fact that single malt can basically be in any barrel you want i mean you know that that's that's one of the driving forces and i think why more and more single malts are coming out there is because they, yeah. they're not their hands aren't tied to the new oak. Now right. with this with the striker, they use new oak for their for their stuff. But um I don't know how much longer they're gonna be doing that because when I was talking to Moose the other day, he's like, Yeah, barrels are getting hard to 
hard to get a hold of. They're getting more and more expensive. So therefore that makes the bottle price get more expensive. So he's like, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that. They do have contract for a number of years with, with this cooperage. So I think they will be fine for the foreseeable future, but at right. the same time, if it's the, and they're a very small distillery, think about all the, however many other ones there are in the United States, that's, that's using a lot of wood uh, per day, yep. I would say. Um, so, yeah. It's pretty crazy. You know, and and to touch on that point as well, or to add to it, uh, you know, Scotland making most, you know, all of their stuff, most of their maturation barrels come from our big distilleries here. So Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, you know, so on and so forth. All of those big ones that everybody knows, those used barrels, once they're once they made their bourbon, they get shipped over to Scotland. And that's where all of that wonderful scotch gets matured in. Yeah. Yeah, American single malt malt starts taking off. Those barrels are going to stay in the states, and people are going to start using them here. And what's what's that going to do to the to the stuff coming out of Scotland? You know, right? Yeah, they're they're going to have to do a lot more wine finishes and stuff like that, and they're going to have to use a lot less of the bourbon barrels, um, which is not a horribly bad thing. I mean, you know, I prefer yeah. most of my scotches. I prefer them to be in a you know, a port or a sherry or something like that. I mean, it just gives it a little, little bit of a different flavor. Cause if you've had one Highland single malt, you've had quite a few of them. They they're, they're very similar. Um, especially yeah. if it's in first fill bourbon barrels, it, it doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't lend a whole lot other than some vanillas and, you know, maybe a little bit of tannin, but, but, uh, when you have a wine finish on it, it really, it can really bring out some, some cool stuff in the whiskey. So, so we'll we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, no, it's very it's very interesting to to think what the what the future of American single malt and then in turn the future of Scotch and Irish whiskey as well. Uh what right. that's gonna do to it. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. And uh I mean, I know okay, so in and Highlands you brought up, that's a region in Scotland that makes, you know, obviously whiskey, and a lot of them are very similar. Um, you know, and, and a lot of them are different enough to where you can tell it's, it's not the same, you know, not the same distillery and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but regional divides in America are the same way with single malt. I mean, you got the Pacific Northwest who, for lack of a better description, I mean, most of those guys making that whiskey up there come from a brewer's background yeah. where they were making beer and, and craft beer scene exploded up in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest when it yeah. did. And a lot of those guys have now switched into making whiskey and single malt whiskey. And I mean, that's a, that's a definite regional characteristic of the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. You got the South and the Southwest where like stuff like Del Bach and Coquigan, they're smoking with mesquite. I mean, that is mm-hmm. a definite Southwest regional um, thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, Texas, obviously, we got that high heat in Texas and and low humidity in the central part of the state, where that totally plays a part on the maturation of the whiskey and yep. gives it a distinct characteristic. Mm-hmm. So I think after the categories made, I think at some point in time we're going to see similar things as Scotland has regions. I think we're going to see something similar to that here. Uh, the only issue is our country is huge. So yeah. divide to divide that into five or six regions would probably be pretty difficult. Yeah. But you know, maybe we can hit 10 regions or, yeah. or whatever, or what, you know, whatever the case may be, I think that's something that should be on the table. Yeah. And, and like, like even to, to caveat off of that, like you get Texas and, you know, Texas always wants to be its own thing. So, you know, it's probably just going to be regionally Texas whiskey, but um, right. like, you get into like Colorado with Stranahan's and Talnua and stuff like that. Their yeah. profile is vastly different than say um, Westward or, 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 right. you know, some of these um, Pacific North Northwest distilleries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, I can't wait for that. And, and I'm really intrigued with a lot of these are they're using locally grown peat. They're using locally sourced grains and all of these things that like, make it more American, 
Like we're right. not having to source. Now I know that going back to Balcones, I know they use a lot of Golden Promise, which is a Scottish uh, barley. But if you can get a barley grown in Texas or in the United States or in your region, then that makes it that much more yours. And like um, with the Paladuro from Andalusia, they're using Texas grown barley. That's pretty awesome. You know that now, obviously, you know, Texas isn't known for growing barley. So it's, you know, I'm sure the, the yield on it is not great. They have enough to fill a couple barrels and that's it. But right. at the same time, you know, it, if we can make wine, we can make barley. You know, it's the, it's the same same kind of concept. You just got to make sure you you get it fertilized and watered. But um, right. but yeah, I mean, I what I really would like to see, and I know there's a couple in the, uh, you know, like the north northeast. Um, but I'd like to see more over from over there. You know, uh, New York and uh, Philadelphia and stuff like that. I'd I'd like to see more of that category and kind of see what their flavor. Uh, brings because i i kind of know the pacific and the southwest and texas sure. but but over there it gets a little i've had some ohio stuff i've had some um you know kentucky's trying to do it but they're ran by bourbon so it's kind of it's kind of hard uh hard there but um yeah I'd, I'd like to see some stuff out of the out of the north northeast because i think okay. it would it would be kind of cool do you know of the what which ones do you know of out of the northeast that are doing some well, cool stuff uh, so you got uh, you got Hill Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, Hill Rock is probably one of the most absolute traditional distilleries out there. I mean, they got it's an estate. They grow the grain, they mash it, they ferment it, they distill it, they bottle it. I mean, it is everything wow. is in house from growing to to bottling, all right there. Um, they're floor malting even. So oh, wow. okay. it, they're back to, I mean, they're back to the roots of, of making single malt whiskey, right? Mm -hmm. um, Copper Fox is a little bit further south. That's in Virginia, but mm -hmm. um, definitely, definitely a unique one. And they got a couple firsts under their belt as well. Um, what else we got up in New York? Finger Lakes, Distilling, uh, Brookellen, um, I think Hudson, the, the Hudson brand makes a single malt. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming out of there. And the, yeah. the thing about New York is with their rye whiskey, they have a category that's uniquely theirs called empire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those guys were making empire style rye, which means the grain, 75% of the grain has to come from New York. They're adapting that into the single malt side of things too, where, oh, okay. 75% of that barley has to come from New York at a minimum. And yeah, there's definitely a flavor difference between New York barley and, you know, commercially grown large field barley. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, touching on Copper Fox a little bit, their barley, the, um, the distiller went to Virginia Tech and teamed up with one single farmer at a farm and said, we're going to go to Virginia tech. I want them to develop a barley strain just for me and my whiskey. Oh, wow. and I mean, that's, that's wild, man. That, right? That's amazing is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's rocking out some awesome stuff, uh, down there in Virginia, uh, Hill rock, I think is, uh, if, if American single malt is anything that you're even remotely into Hill rock is one, you definitely got to try. Um, they are they are very very good. So yeah, there's there's great stuff coming out of that uh, that northeast side of the states as well. So yeah, that's awesome. And then then we got this the that big old center section of the country, right? You got Iowa, Cedar Ridge. I mean, mm -hmm. it, if they're not the best, they're number two in American single malt. I mean, that those guys, Murphy Quint over there is is got something special going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't off the top of my head. I can't think of a lot of them that come out of that central central part of the, the country. Um, Cut spike out of Nebraska. And uh, I guess we can throw in some Tennessee in there, kind of. Uh, yeah. With coarse hair, coarse hair makes some good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, makes yeah. Very, they and, make some very weird stuff, too. They do. And, yeah. and that's what's cool about it. Yeah. You can make weird stuff because you have the 
options available to you. No restrictions on barrel, no restrictions on still type. Um, You know, all of that adds up to making unique and, and special products. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super cool to see, to see it grow and turn into what, what I foresee in the, you know, five to 10 years in the future is it pretty much not that bourbon's ever going to take a backseat because bourbon, no. you know, um, and it should, bourbon, and it shouldn't, and it shouldn't. But like, whenever like, let's say you're doing a whiskey tasting for people, like, I always bring uh, Andalusia. I always bring one. I don't care if we're doing, you know, high end bourbons. I always bring an Andalusia, or I'll bring a, a Balcones or something like that. I always sure. try to introduce people into the single malt game they might not like it and that's fine. It's not for everybody. Some people want that sweet corn uh, taste, which I get. Um, yep. But I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen when more and more of the bars and more and more of the liquor stores are trying to promote this because there's more out there and there's more um, when there's more out there, more people want to try it. And uh, that was actually the podcast I was going to do today was talking about um you know, people going to the liquor store and getting a review, you know, like, what do you, what do you want me to get? And most people say, Oh, get some Jack Daniels or get some wild Turkey, which Hey, in their self, they're, they're fine, but they don't always push the smaller, not, not even craft because there's some big, you know, I strain of hands to me is craft, but they're on the upper end of craft. I mean, they're producing some big, big time releases that are getting all yeah. over the and Bal- balconis is the same way. I mean, when you're in Scotland um, and you can find balconis on the shelf, that means you're doing something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and but- I, I, I do understand that they just, you know, got bought out by Diageo. So it makes their right. transparency. I mean, they're, they're, they're with a lot, a lot more and they're able to reach them, but they were doing that before. And so just yeah. to say now, obviously they have awesome distribution and it's, and it's all because of, of their business plan. And I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but um, that that's the thing. If you can compete with, the scotches and stuff like that, because most people think of single malt, they think of a peated scotch. That's what they think of. And which that's not the case. I mean, we've, you and I both know that there's some American single malts that taste more like, uh, you know, a bourbon than you would even know. Like there's a, the the bottled and bond Andalusia. It tastes so much like a bourbon and it's literally two row barley. You know, but they put it in new oak. They age it for four years. So like it gets all that oak and, and vanillin influence on it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's really crazy to think, um, see, to see where it's going to go in the future, because I think it's, it's going to be not just a a whisper in the background. It's going to be people actively talking about it and people like you and I, and hopefully the listeners, um, going out and looking for these and promoting asking for them and and promoting these now craft distilleries that will hopefully in one day not be as craft and people will know more about them and they'll be able to get more um i was i was on a uh live stream last night with alan bishop from spirits of french lick and um and he was i said alan i can't get any of your whiskey uh, I know, I know you're just in Southern Indiana, but I can't get any. And he goes, oh yeah, it's at, you know, Liquor King or whatever. And I said, yeah, there's one Liquor King in Dallas, like, and they're not going to ship to me. They're not going to do any of that. I'm like, I have to know a guy who knows a guy to mule it to me. So um, he was like, okay, well, yeah. And so, and they're not a very large distillery. They're big enough. They're in 14 States in Canada, but just to get to promote those brands, and I think they're doing a single malt, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to ask him. But anyway, um, to to promote those brands, not to not promote the big the big box guys, uh, you know, the big six, not to not promote those because they all have a place. But at the same time, to to keep these smaller craft distilleries uh, going and spending your money there, especially going to the distillery. Um, doing the distillery tours, getting the cocktails, doing, buying the t-shirts, even, you know, stuff like that, that, that promotes them and makes them thrive to where they can create better products for you. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that I, on this channel and everything that I try to do is, is uplift all of those 
I hate to say the little guys, but uplift the little guys and give the big guys their, their due diligence, but uplift the little guys and uh, try and give people options for, Hey, if you like Blanton's, you might want to try this, or, Hey, if you like, you know, um, Lafroy, you might want to try this, you know, peated whiskey or whatever. So right. yeah, that's sorry. Rant over. <laughs> no, no, no rant. I mean, that that's, you are, uh, you're hitting the nail right on the head there. Yeah. Um, and, and to add to what you said, you know, you can't get French lick down by you. And, yeah. uh, you know, the guy says it's in a liquor store in Dallas. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I feel that could really, really help some of these smaller and, and not even the smaller ones, but, um, you know, the level of distribution or the availability to have an online store and sell and ship straight from the distillery. Yep. Um, I know you have touched on this in a couple of your other podcasts with that three-tier mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. It It's in place for a reason. Yeah. Um, the reason may be a little cloudy. But it, it definitely does have its place as far as protection and and fairness go. But I think it's become something that needs to be maybe adjusted slightly. Yeah. Um, and, and the shipping laws and so on and so forth could maybe be, I'm not say, saying completely gotten rid of and all of that, right? But definitely changed up a little bit. So that some of these things are more available to more people across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Texas, for example, it's very difficult to get anything shipped into Texas. Yes. Um, yes. And certain states are are a, just a no fly zone. There's zero alcohol shipping allowed in or yeah. out. So yeah. you know, what do you do with that? Yeah. And I, I think just a, a, a revision, perhaps to some of these shipping laws and so on and so forth could be, could be done would help out quite a bit. Yeah. And, and also like a lot of these laws and I understand the government's going to get their two cents in there. You know, I feel like we've knocked on this a couple of times already, but like, like, you know, I understand the laws they're there for a reason, but like, they're also so antiquated in the way that they do it. Like, okay. So not to talk about COVID, but during COVID, you were able, especially in Texas, to go to a takeout restaurant and get alcohol, like a margarita in a cup, and take it home. Why can I not call up Balcones and say, hey, can you send me a case of X? What is right. the difference? And the other issue, especially in Texas, we're only allowed two bottles. Now, September 1st, it's going to be to four. Great. Okay. But we're only allowed two bottles per 30 days. So if I go to Andalusia or like I'm, I'm planning a trip to go to iron root, uh, iron root Republic. Um, and I'm like, I want to buy more than two bottles. Like it's a six hour drive for me. I want to make sure that I get my money's worth. If I'm going to go up there, have to get a hotel, have to do all that. Cause I'm not driving there and driving back. It's not going to happen. So if I have to do that, I'm not going to just pick up two bottles because like, I can't even hardly get their base core stuff here. Um, because it doesn't even, like I say, it doesn't, it, once it hits Dallas, it's, it's gone. There's right. some in the total wines maybe, but good luck with that. Um, yeah. as soon as they come in, they're gone. Um, and unfortunately for me, I live in a smaller town outside of a big town. So like it's an hour drive to San Antonio or an hour and a half drive to Austin. And then once I hit the total wine, you know, if, even if I'm there first thing in the morning, it's all, it's all gone. So yeah. I can't go to the distillery and pick up, not that I want to have 10 bottles, but at the same time, what if they have a special release, they have a cast drink, they have a barrel pick, they have all of these things that like, oh, this would be really cool in lineup, or this would be cool to have to, maybe I want to get one for my buddy. Maybe you want one, you know, who knows? I can't do that. Now they do, they do kind of work around it. You know, I put my wife's name down or something like that, but we shouldn't have to be trying to skirt the line. We should just be able, if I go to the distillery, I should be able to get a few bottles. Like I'm not saying walk out with a barrel, which I probably could do that easier than getting four bottles. But anyway, um, but it's like just changing and adapting the law a little bit to the consumer because they're going to get their money either way. It's like they're, they're 
property being taxed on the barrel. They're being taxed on the bottle. They're being taxed on a distribution. They're being taxed at the liquor store. And then I'm being taxed by purchasing, purchasing it. So it's like, you're, you're getting your money no matter what you're just, we're just cutting out one, one middleman. Yeah. That's there's, there's already three middlemen already there. We're just cutting one of those guys out. So yeah. I, I don't know it. I do. I think it's going to change. I, I don't um, only because, especially in Texas, because we're lenient on a lot of things uh, legality wise, but there's some things that are a no go. And right. I think they're going to stay that even, even if we were to train change, you know, governors or change, um, you know, uh, policy or whatever, it's still, it's going to be a thing for a long while. And we just have to understand that. And I'll just have to, you know, talk to people, like you said, you're coming down in a couple, a couple months, uh, you know, I might just have to say, Hey, if you find any of this, pick some up for me or something like that, which right. it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks that we have to do that. But at yeah. the same time, I want to be able to share this with everybody as, as you do. And if I can't get bottles, like I, um, my, uh, my buddy, I guess he's my buddy now. Um, my, my buddy, uh, Christopher Conrad, he's taking over bad motivator barrels for Ben. Anyway, if you saw my last one, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, it is. It is. But he, they're in Oregon and he's like, I cannot get Andalusia can't get in because they don't ship that far. Right. He goes, right. Do you want a bottle trade? Because there's some Oregon distilleries up here that I would love to give you some of their single barrels or whatever. Um, would you want to do a trade? And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. You know? So, so we're, we're working on that. So it's like, and, and I guess for me and for, for you and whoever's listening, it develops a relationship, which is fine. That's cool. But also we shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to call up, a organ distillery uh westward or whatever and be like whatever. hey i need a couple bottles can you send them to me no problem get it done but yep. we can't do that and unfortunately me talking about it on this podcast isn't going to change anything no you know, it's- and, and you know at the very least go to your favorite your favorite retail liquor store and be like mm-hmm. hey you know i'm really interested in getting this and the guy goes into his computer yeah i can't get that well, why? What I mean, yeah. well, he's a liquor retailer with a license yeah. that has paid for that license to sell liquor. Yep. Why can't he get stuff from a distillery that's not on his list, right? Yep. I, I just, you know, and I'm not talking about allocated bottles. That's the, you right. know, that, I'm just talking about. I want, you know, I heard about this distillery. They're over here. They're a little bit smaller. Can you see what you can do? I mean, you know, I, I just. That's the kind of stuff that I think needs to be changed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I think by, by us talking about it, it puts a bug in people's ear and one day or hopefully soon, somebody will hear what we're saying and be like, yeah, that is shitty. Why are we not yeah. doing something about this? And somebody right. with the power to do it, um, you know, because I've signed petitions, I've done all of this stuff, you know, especially here in Texas to change these laws and to do these things and not to get, you know, down that rabbit hole, but like that, yeah, they take what you say, but they're going to do what they want to do anyway. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. You just have to deal, deal with what we got, but hopefully somebody will hear what all of us. And I mean, everybody, um, I see you have the crowded barrel thing on your, on your desk. So, you know, their their trials and tribulations that they've had to go through in building their distillery and trying to get shipping and trying to get to to people they have people wanting their product so bad that like it sells out in the patreon in 20 seconds you can't yeah. get bottles for it they're they're having people literally breaking the door down trying to get to them and it's all because of distribution they cannot get somebody to distribute their product and Which, it's horrible it's, it's horrible why 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 can't I get somebody to distribute my product? Well, you don't have enough to fill 18 pallets or a, a 18 wheeler full of whiskey. You know, you have two pallets and I can't distribute that. If it's not, you know, um, Jim Beam or whatever, I can't even distribute it, which I'm like, well, that's not, that's not what we want. So yes, luckily for me, um, you know, I can, I can go to the distillery and pick it up. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're trying to get product out to people and you can't, you can't even do it. 
You can't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's like bashing your head up against the wall trying to get yeah. this stuff to to you know, yeah, make any sense. And it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But to uh, apparently to somebody it does. And yeah. uh, those somebodies think that that's the right way. And I, I just don't believe that it is. No, it's not. Well, we ca- we kind of got off, off topic, which is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, to- I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. But this is all part of it. Because American, sing- American single malt cannot grow without people talking about the trials and tribulations of American single malt. Because yeah, um, it has been fighting you know, an uphill battle the entire time it's been here. Because Big Bourbon doesn't want it around because they think it's going to take, you know, two <laughs> bottle count away from them or something like that. It's, it, and it's so ridiculous, but at the same time, like, like, like we've said at nauseum probably already, but supporting these people and giving them your, um, your time and your, and your money, obviously, um, only makes the whole community grow, grow a lot more. Um, Absolutely. so yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what is, I know you just, uh, just did a review on the new though at the 10 year old strain of hand. Yeah. What, what is, what is the, and I meant to ask this at the beginning, sorry guys, I still have a little, little cough going on, but um, what is the one besides that one? Cause I know that one was magical. Um, what is the one single malt that you've been going back to recently? That's been like your, wow, this one is amazing. Um. And so there's, there's, there's too many to list, but really, I think the, the one, the one that I go back to the most and just every time I have it, I just sing it praises and I'm just happy to be drinking it is Cedar Ridge. Um, And, and I'm not talking about anything special from Cedar Mm -hmm. Ridge. I'm just talking about their regular sits on the shelf, the quintessential. It's just absolutely fantastic and hits all the right spots and it it does it for a wonderful price point i mean yeah. it, it it's it, it's damn near unbeatable yeah um you know i have some american single malts from westland that are you know they're they're outpost range here um they're a bit spendy yeah. and i can tell you they're absolutely stunning mm-hmm. but they're spendy and is, you know, I hate to factor cost into how a bottle is, but it, it has to be factored in because that's part of it. Right. I mean, I can, I can get it just as an enjoyable experience out of a $50 bottle as I can out of a $150 bottle. Why would I do that? Why would I spend 150? Right. That's right. Um, but yeah, Cedar Ridge, man. I think I think that one for me is probably my go back to on a regular basis. Um, I I buy a backup of it when I buy one. I buy two, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it seems to be it's always the one that's close to empty. So yeah, I would have to say that that's where that's where my my return trip is all the time. Yeah. And and unfortunately for the for the listeners, everybody knows what mine is. Mine is Andalusia, as always. Um, not not to be slowly, ta- but even though I'm looking back like you did, um, you know, like I have some balconies back there, but like the ones that I have are like special release or something. So I like like it's harder for me to crack into those. I don't know why. It just is like I'm not trying to hoard the whiskey and like, but I'm thinking, oh, I'll save it for a special occasion or something like that, which there's no special occasions. We could die tomorrow and not have that whiskey and you know be be bummed out about it. But um but yeah, I mean finding a bottle that for one, like you're saying, that's reasonably priced, which that that in itself, that's one of the things that I strive for is finding a reasonably reasonably priced bottle, and then something that you're like, oh, I've already gone through this, you know. Like mine for a while was um, early times bottled in bond. Okay. I went th- and it's like what twenty two dollars, but like yeah. it is so good. It's a hundred proof. Now it's a bourbon, obviously, but it's excellent in a cocktail you know make it old-fashioned with it 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 goes it goes super cool but then you can like put it neat have have it on ice like i don't feel bad drinking it but yet i can 
drink that against a $1,600 scotch as well. And like, like it's, I don't feel bad drinking it. Now there is some people that say it's hard for them to get early times, which I get like, you know, some people aren't going to be able to find stuff in their area. And that's just like, we're going back to distributing, but um, yeah, that, that one for me was, was my go-to for a while. And now I'm on to um, I've got two that were like gifted to me. And so I'm going through those. One of them is called Western Sun. I don't know if you've heard of it. They so, they make they make they started out making vodkas, and they were okay. like flavored vodkas, so like peach and you know they were all yep. neon colored and stuff. And so um, my 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 cousin came over and we had a little cousin weekend and it was fun. And he's getting into whiskey. He's probably going to listen to this and yell at me, but anyway, he's getting into whiskey and he loves it. And so he brought a bottle and it was that one, but it's a single barrel pick of, of their bourbon, but on there, it didn't say straight. So we knew it wasn't two years old and it didn't say the age on it at all. And then, so I looked it up and it had one little blip of like a paragraph that said, Hey, we made a bourbon. You know, and so I was like, okay, so we tried it. And of course it was like a young bourbon. It's, it was fine. Um, little grassy way too, uh, it was almost over oaked for being as young as it was. It was kind of weird. And so like that one to me is really good in cocktails. It's really good. Like for a, if you don't want to have to think about a whiskey, you just want to watch some TV and drink some whiskey. It's fine for that. Um, so right. yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that you know these single barrels that they're supposedly releasing aren't as good as some of their normal releases. Like I've had some single barrels of you know different different whiskeys, even Balcones. To be to be honest, um, I have a single barrel pick of their their single malt, um, and it was a total wine pick or whatever yep. um, that was gifted to me. But it, at the cast strength, which was like sixty eight percent alcohol, which is like Some stupid crazy hot. number, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, stupid hot. The issue is, like, it is so tannic and it's so like over oaked, or maybe it's too hot that I have to put water in it. Like, I, I can't yeah. even drink it straight as it is. And you know, I'm not saying I'm a purist and I want to drink it straight, but at the same time, like, I think if the distiller put it in the bottle at that range. That's kind of what he's telling you to drink it at. Now, I know with scotches, they tell you go to like 20% on it on some of them if you're if you're if you're tasting them, which I don't know if I would do that. It gets a little watery. Um, yeah. but you know, like like with Lafroig, they say to bring it down to like 20%. And I did that. And uh let's just say it was like drinking bath water. It was not, not great. It was like mermaid's bath water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was not great. Like, I, I mean, it's barely what it's like 43%. So it's barely even yeah. legal, but, um, and I was talking to Jesse from still it and he's like, yeah, the Lafroy week it is 40%. It's not Ooh. even 43. And he goes, they water it down even more for us. And he goes, it's funny um, not to talk about, another guy on on here but he's like it's a whole lot easier for him to get single malts from scotland and ireland and stuff than it is for him to get bourbon and so he's like i have so many single malts i just don't have any bourbon so whenever he comes to america he's constantly you know grabbing bourbons off the shelf yeah yeah, exactly because he's like i don't get this he goes i found a bottle of buffalo trace or something like that it was like 120 dollars you know, and I was like, no, no, there's no way I'm paying that much for Buffalo Trace. And it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what their currency is over there. It's not Australian dollars, is it? No, it's not. Because he's, it's... he's in New Zealand, right? Correct. And so it's like yeah. $1.5. So it's a dollar and a half of what, you know, so like is is a lot of money. It was like, you know, $180 or something like that for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Stupid. So still, still way stupid expensive. High. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I see, I see you have, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you all, all day. I know the little behind the scenes stuff. I, uh, Jeremy texted me about, about Andalusia, something about Andalusia. And, uh, I was like, well, I was fixing to do a podcast. You want to jump on with me? Cause we've been talking about this back and forth for a little bit. And he was like, yeah, why not? So we literally in like 15 minutes, like jumped yeah, this it was, podcast it was together. Round two. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. And I appreciate, appreciate the time, but I see you have a whole bunch of Scotch malt 
Whiskey Association uh, up there uh, behind you. Uh, what what do you got going on? Uh, so, yeah, I've been a member for a little over a year on the SMWS, and uh, I I love it, man. Yeah. Um, my whole reasoning behind joining the SMWS was, okay, so, yes, I talk about American Single Malt, and I love American Single Malt, mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about it. My first love is scotch. I love scotch whiskey. I think it's it it's probably, I mean, if you're going to talk about whiskey and not talk about scotch, you're doing whiskey a disservice, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so my whole reasoning behind joining them was because in my area, I'm in northern Wisconsin, we are like in a scotch desert up here, man. What? Uh, you know, obviously you get Highland Park, you get our, you get the, the core range, not even the whole core range. You get our big 10, you get, uh, Lafroy 10, you get Glenn Levitt, Glenn Fittick, Glenn Morangi, you know, all the very basics. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all you get. And so as I'm looking into the SMWS, I'm finding names of distilleries that, uh, first of all, I can't pronounce. Yeah. Second of yeah. all, I have no idea what they make. And I, I, I know there's no chance I'll ever get to try them. Right. No. So I'm like, this seems like something I want to do. So I, I pony up and I, I joined the, joined the uh, membership status of uh, SMWS and I start buying bottles. And it's like, man, I tell you, you got to really, you you really got to have a a good conscience on you know what am I doing here, right? Yeah. Um. Since since the first year, I have been a little bit more picky about what I purchase from SMWS because I've kind of noticed this theme with them. They is they release a lot of the same distilleries, and then every once in a while they'll they'll drop this gem that you've never heard of, and yeah. it's like okay, I kind of want to try that one, so I'll, I'll grab that. Um, and they do some really cool things. It's very expensive to ship, um, but they, they will offer to hold a bottle and you can, so I can buy one bottle this out turn and one bottle next out turn and hold those until I get enough to make shipping reasonable. Right. Got it. Um, and that's, that's a really cool feature that they have. Um, because otherwise 40 bucks to ship one bottle makes it pretty, pretty outrageous. Right. Yeah, it Um, it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I have found a couple distilleries that I had never heard of that, uh, like, uh, I'm going to say SMWS distillery number 112, uh, Inch mm-hmm. dude, uh, never heard of it before. I, I now know that it's part of the Loch Lomond name, mm-hmm. uh, Loch Lomond, Inch Inchmoan, and Croftanga are all pretty much the, I mean, it is the same distillery with different stills. Right. And, uh. Man, I just love that profile. It the still signature on that whiskey is fantastic. Yes. Um, and when they release a, a, a 112, I, I pay attention. And I've got I've got three of them sitting up here right now. One of them at a 25-year-old, uh, one at a 16, and one at a 19. And I got another one coming in the mail right now that's a 21. And oh, man. I mean, I just I just couldn't be happier with that membership. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that I did it. Um Plus, I've gotten to try some other stuff. So SMWS also, let's take this back to American Single Malt. They've recognized that American Single Malt is on the rise. And they have bottled some American Single Malts. Mm -hmm. And I think the cool thing here is the tasting panel that puts out, that says, okay, this is what we're going to bottle right now. That it's It's a panel of people, and it's always the same people that choose these things and choose the names and, and all of that. They're picking American single malts to put into bottles. So, I mean, totally different set of palettes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're picking unique stuff. Now, I have uh, – it's not up there right now because I'm working on something else with it. But uh, it's a Brickellan uh, American single malt. Mm-hmm. Now, I just ordered – also with this this last order that I made, a Copperworks out of the – out of um, – I'm not going to remember if they're Oregon or Washington, but they're up in that. One of those. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a Balcones. Yeah. And, I, uh, I almost jumped on that one too. Yeah. And, and th- there's a couple of those left. So, I mean, uh, you know, the Balcones one went a little faster than I thought. And it's weird. The American single malts on their shop sit for a long time. Um, the Brukellen one, they still have a ton of them left. And it's really? fantastic. Uh wow. It's a seven-year-old. 
it's new new charred oak um so it's got that you know it's got that really nice malt with the american twist of new charred oak on it right and it's i mean it's a fantastic whiskey it's proofed a little high but water helps right yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um and so i uh oh a couple months ago i ended up joining as well and mm-hmm. i know y'all y'all have we've talked about this on here um and to me it is just like it's it's a breath of fresh air because not only are they doing like distillery releases, but they're doing like, oh, this is cool. You might like this. And of course, their tasting notes are just outrageously cool to watch. But um, yeah. my wife actually for Father's Day got me the the um, Campbell Campbelltown release from the. The oh, festival. the festival release. Yes. Yeah, and cool. I think it's a seven or eight year old um, Springbank, more than likely. Um, and I can't wait to crack into that. I, I'm trying to wait till my birthday, September. I'm trying to wait till my birthday to open it because, you know, special release. I want it to be for something. You know, like I say, I'm going to die with all this whiskey and not, not, not drink it. Yeah, but, right. but, um, but yeah, no, that's the first bottle I've actually got. And, uh, I of course I didn't even buy it, so I asked my wife. I was like, "How how was the shipping?" She goes, "It got here in like three days." I don't know yeah. how it got here so fast, but it got here in like three days, and like, yeah. And I said, "Well, was shipping crazy?" She's like, "Not really." I mean, for the one bottle, obviously, like you're saying, it's expensive. But she's like, "I needed it right then because it was kind of a yep. last minute thing." She was like, "Oh." I'll, she had to like hack into my email because I didn't put it on, on our shared email thing. You know, I kind of did it on the, on my, on my work email and stuff like that. And so she had to hack into it and get my passcode and all that crap. And I'm like, wow, so you're like, you're like, you know, sleuthing and doing some hacker shit on me. Great. Cool. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Which, which sounds like a keeper. Oh oh, yeah. We've been married over 20 years. She, she knows me by now, but, but, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it. I, I'm so excited about it, and I really want to get into that Lost Lantern too because I know they're doing some really amazing stuff. They're fixing to release an Andalusia, unless yeah. they have already. They um, haven't released it yet, but yeah, okay. it's coming. I'm 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 going to grab that one. I know I grab every Andalusia there is, but knowing that another independent baller has said that, hey, this whiskey is pretty awesome. You should try it. That to me says something. So um, I can't wait for that one to come out. Um, I almost got the Balcones release on that one as well. But I was like, man, I can get Balcones all over the place and I can get single barrels and stuff. So, you know, I kind of I kind of didn't jump on it, but I need to get into the independent bottling game because I think that's where the next step it's is. Fun. It's definitely fun, um, you know, and. and- as much as I love independent bottlers, like <laughs> I said to myself when I joined the SMWS and I got my first first set of bottles, I said to myself, I think this is the only way I'm going to go. I'm not going to buy anything but independent bottled scotch, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So now I just buy both and, yeah. you know, it's fine. Yeah. It, it is what it is, but it, it's they are definitely super fun bottles to get into and um you know, I have a few, uh, I run a, a whiskey group, local whiskey group here called the Northwoods Whiskey Nerds. And yeah. I know a few of the guys are a little bit into scotch and they're not, they don't have that SMWS access right. or they're not a member or, or whatever the case may be. And they really get excited when I bring a few of those bottles around. And it's like, you know, they know they, I mean, it just, just the name alone. It's like, it's a premier independent bottler. And and no. I think I think if we had more of those um, in the U.S., I know that uh, Crowded Barrel is trying to do some stuff like that as well. The issue yep. with them is they're doing single barrel release, so you get what two hundred bottles, and then Maybe. if they cut if they cut them to three seventy fives, you get four hundred bottles. Shit, yeah. that's not that's not even their Patreon. After that, it's no. gone. You know, yeah, so it's right. like I've I've been able to get a couple of them, like the the Iron Root and the uh, oh the the one that was really good was the Wyoming whiskey that they, one of the first ones they did, it was super good. It was like, it ended up being almost like an eight year old Wyoming whiskey. It was, it was super good, but the issue is, you know, you just can't get them. And so like, I think they're trying to ramp that up and get more and more into, 
independent bottling, which I I'm excited about, but yeah, that's lost lantern. And I know there's a couple others um, in the U S that are doing uh, the same thing. Um, You know, that to me, it like showcases the distillery, but yet it sent, it sends it in a certain profile to where you're like, we like this. So we think you might like it. So it's not like right. it's not from their core range or, or, you know, nothing like that. So if you're getting that Andalusia bottle, it's not going to be their standard triple distill. It's going to be their triple distilled finished in their brandy or whatever, you know, so or whatever so, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, I think that to me is really cool. Like the whole independent bottling thing, because they're not trying to showcase them you know, obviously they're making a little bit of profit off of it, obviously, but they're trying to showcase the actual distillery that you might not be able to get. They might have a wider reach of distribution. And therefore, like we were talking about distribution earlier, if you can't find it there, maybe you can find it on Lost Lantern or wherever, or SMWS or whatever, you might be able to find it there. And um, so, yeah, yeah. I I think to, to kind of summarize all this, I think that, um, the future for American single malt is amazing and it's going to um, I feel like in the next five to 10 years, it's going to skyrocket and it's going to be because of the new, uh, new Oak requirements, people are going to start getting away, especially the craft guys are going to start getting away from bourbon and they're going to go into more finished products and single malts. That's what I feel. Um, I feel like that's going to happen and we're going to see people honing their skills because like you said, a lot of the people that were doing single malt in the beginning came from a beer background. So they know how that barley is going to react. They know how the yeast works. And there's some of them. um, I know Westland um, and Westward as well. They're both yeast nerds. Like they nerd out on the yeast and the, the fermentation and the, you know, they try to get a little bit of lacto bacillus on it, but then they cut it off before it goes too far. Like all of this stuff. So it's like they're, they're nerding out on this thing. Whereas some of the other distilleries are just like making a product, getting it out of there. Um, You know, so it's, it's really cool to see this, the American, malt category kind of go into a uh new new frontier if you want to if you want to call it that um sure. and i'm really i'm really excited and i know i know you are as well um oh, yeah. okay one one last question before we go um locally um what is the local distillery around you within you know a certain m- amount of mileage do and in that distillery do they have any sort of distribution to where like if somebody like me wants to buy a bottle, could they do that? Do you, do you know of any? I do. Um, okay. So, I mean, if you're looking for American single malts, Wisconsin does not produce a lot. Uh, we have one who is not, I, I mean, is it local to me? Yeah. Is in, in, in the aspect of it's in the same state, uh, but hatch distillery uh-huh. out of door County, Wisconsin. Um, they're putting out a single malt called the Doc Wall. Now, uh, I'm not going to get into it here, but if you want to know who Doc Wall is, definitely Google search that guy. Yeah. Um, he's paramount in, in beer fermentation. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so they, they do it kind of a tribute to him with their single malt name. Um, it's very good. It's, uh, it's very earthy and farmy. I always mm-hmm. call it a farmy note. Yeah. Um, we also have, uh, my localist distillery, it's about 20 minutes away from me, um, called Northern Waters. This guy is a whiskey lover, man. This guy loves whiskey. And he saw early on in his c- career that flavored vodka is where the money was, right? So yeah. he made a ton of flavored vodkas and gins and and this and that and the other thing. But he still loves whiskey. So he's like, I'm going to make whiskey, too. Uh, he's got a couple American single malts sitting in barrels that are just waiting to be ready. And I, I can't be any more excited. Yeah. Um, actually, I mentioned earlier that I have a, a local whiskey group. He is, he is in the group. He's part of the group. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a great guy. Awesome. Awesome business. Um, his whiskey is, is, is good. I'm not going to go out and say it's the best whiskey out there, but right. he's, young, you know, he's young and the whiskey's a little young, but 
he definitely, as as craft guys can do, change things up and and plays with things in order to find the right the right avenue to go on. Right. Uh, so that's cool. Um, Tattersall is another Wisconsin Minnesota company, so he's he's got a place in both states. Okay. Um, they do an American single malt, and they are getting some good distribution. Um, they're a little bit more getting a little bit more popular, but if you want a Wisconsin whiskey that is top notch, that I can't say anything else about, but it's great and probably has some distribution around. I mean, it, it's it's getting to be pretty large. Driftless Glen. Yep. Driftless Glen makes bourbon. They make rye. Uh, they have dabbled in American single malt. It, it maybe wasn't the greatest thing out there, but yeah. they dabbled. And I don't know if they have more of it sitting and, and just waiting or what, but their bourbon, their rye is absolutely fantastic. I mean, mm -hmm. in fact, I would put it up any, uh, put it up against anything anybody else is making. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they're, they're pretty readily available in a lot of States. So keep your eye out for them but that's uh that's a great representation of wisconsin right there yeah i i think the uh the whiskey vault just did a review of the driftless Glen. there was the bourbon and the rye and they said okay. that the rye needed to go on the quintessential rye wall which is a big deal so i'm really interested in that like i've seen their name floating around i just obviously it, it doesn't come this far down but uh i might uh i might turn your ear on that one when you come down anyway but uh but yeah no uh that's that's awesome that's awesome to hear okay so we're gonna finish this up because we're running over and i know you probably got other yard work to do and stuff so yeah i should probably do something around the house yeah today, right? exactly exactly you only have one whiskey so you're you're good to go i should be good yeah I should be yeah good. exactly well i really appreciate you coming on and i appreciate all the listeners that are that are here listening to us and uh we hope it uh was worth the listen and uh stay on germ i want to talk to you for a second but um yeah i i, pre I appreciate all you guys and um keep your spirits up